All right, this story is for every, this, this story is for Peter. I, I feel like he's going to appreciate this one. Uh, so anybody under the age of 25, you might, be, you might appreciate that. Everybody else could be grossed out, but I'm going to tell it anyway. So I was doing a little research for this story, Peter. And, um, and, and this pastor delved into the story about this whale that they picked up in, Ty- in um, Taiwan. And it was like really huge whale. I mean, most whales are, I guess. And they said, we're going to put this on a truck and take it to the university so that we can study this whale. And I guess that had not been done very often. You don't often get a fresh whale on the beach. So they finally got this truck and got this whale on there, and they're taking it. And it's a, a fairly long journey to wherever the university was from where the whale was. And, uh, and along the way, all that jiggling and all that heat and that decomposing whale something terrible happened. The whale blew up in the middle of this town, like right on somebody's moped. It just, because everybody wanted to see the whale going through town. I mean, if, if there was a whale going through, you know, Interstate 80, you might just want to see that, right? Um, and so it blew up in the middle of town. And the pastor's point was, kind of spilled his guts. That's the point. That's what we're going to look here and see that, that Asaph, who was a, a worship leader, just like Cody, um, maybe Cody has bad days too, I don't know. Maybe not quite that bad, but uh, there's another video you've got to look up where they exploded a whale to get rid of it. But I'm just saying, Peter, this is another one. Tonight, when you're having the party with everybody, show them that one. That'll be a good one. But Asaph, um, Asaph's kind of just being honest here. He was having a rough patch. And let me just read through this, and we'll walk through this together, and then I want to get to the end, because that's, that's where I have one of my favorite, all-time favorite verses there at the end. But he starts, and, and this would be the third book of Psalms, kind of divided up into, into five books, so it's, it's, it's kind of a fun fact there. This would be book three, a psalm of Asaph, and he was, a, he was an artist, I can kind of relate to that in some way, though, though my artistry through music is not real awesome. I can play guitar a little bit. In fact, I love the songs that you sang this morning because uh, they're all camp songs. Did you know that? Maybe Pastor Matt picked them out for, for me. I don't know. But we like to put Near the Cross and Pass Me Not together as one song. So you'll have to try that sometime. You can use the same uh, Near the Cross melody. But... Um, he, he was, a, he was a, a worship leader, musician in David's court, and he, and he starts this way. Truly, God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. I love how he starts, because he starts with some truth. He starts with just like, before I go into this, let's just remember that God is good. Amen? God is good. But then he goes, but as for me, my feet almost stumbled. It's a lot of honesty here. My steps had nearly slipped. I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not in trouble as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. Violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes are swell throughout fatness and their hearts overflow with follies they scoff and they speak with malice lofties they threaten 
oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongues struts through the earth. I figure we need somebody to illustrate a, strong, uh, a tongue strutting through the earth. I just thought for a graphic designer that could be a little fun cartoon or something. Therefore his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And they say, how can they know God? And there is no knowledge of the, of the Most High. Behold, the use of the w- wicked, always at ease, they increase in riches. All in vain I have kept my heart clean. So, so now he's kind of switching to talk about himself a little bit. He's like, I, I can't believe it. Have you, ever, have you ever been in that spot where maybe you see the other guy and, and you say it's not fair? Anybody relate to that? I got somebody's honest out there. Yeah, we do. We do. We see other, other things. And, and though sometimes we have a hard time seeing the board in our own eye, we see it pretty clearly in other people, right? And not only sometimes do they, are they successful, they brag about it. And we're like, that, they're bragging about it and they're getting away with murder. And we see that, you, know, you watch the news sometimes, you feel that way too. And so he was saying, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I look at everybody else and they're just doing so well and they're, they're not falling after the Lord at, what, at all. And he came close to tripping and, and falling. And Pastor Matt actually preached. Does anybody remember when Pastor Matt preached this message? Anybody? Well, that's good. Pastor Matt does. I'll tell you a secret. He sent me a note that I didn't read that well. I'm not always great at reading my text, which Pastor Matt now knows. Um, he'll probably send me like two or three in the next group. And it said, this is the last time I preached... And I thought he just said, this is the last time I preached. And I was like, well, I'll get to listen to that sometime, you know. But he said, this is the last time I preached Psalm 73, which might have been a hint like, you might not want to preach this right now because I just preached this in 2021. Uh, but I didn't read that part of the message until yesterday when I was doing some more research. And I was like, oh, I'll listen to what he preached, you know, like recently. Well, it wasn't recently. It was in, it was in uh, February of, uh, of 21, I think, right? And so... Um, if you, if you, since you've all forgotten that message, which I was counting on, uh, partly, but we're pretty, we're pretty different. He, he probably doesn't, sell, you know, share quite the illustrations about whales exploding. Um, but he shares in there that, that should he have stumbled and, and fallen, he would have, he'd have probably taken other people with him too, right? He, he was a leader. He was a leader. This morning, I want to focus on what it means to be near God. But I want to contrast that with when we are, or at least feel, far from God. The term near to God or draw near to God are used in several places in Scripture. And I believe the concept of closeness with God is essential to the gospel message. Because what happens, and what happened when, when Jesus left? What did he say to us? I loved how you read part of your church history there at the end of the bulletin. But, but what happened when Jesus left? What did he say to his disciples? He said, it's better that I leave because I'm going to do what? I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit to be with you. John Owen says this, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. 
How do you get any closer than that? Now, Asaph says he went to the sanctuary. We'll read that in a minute. Went to the sanctuary. He was reminded of truth, and, and he was strengthened in that. I would, I would offer that we have something closer than that. We have the Holy Spirit with us, dwelling in us. That's close. Now, whether we're abiding with Him and walking with Him, I think that's the point of this, is to, to remind you as you wrap up this year and look forward to next year, are you seeking, this is a question, to draw near to God? And we'll see how Asaph exhorts that. John, I'm just talking about, I want to be reminded of, the, of, of what the Holy Spirit does for us, because it's kind of the, the point here. But uh, the Holy Spirit dwells in us, gives us guidance and direction. Fundamentally, habitually, he enlightens our minds, gives us eyes, understandings, shines into us, translates us from darkness into marvelous light, whereby we are able to see our way and to know our past and to discern the things of God. The, the Holy Spirit does so much for us. So much for us. So this morning, I... I do want us to study what it means to be close with, close to God, and to near God, and to, to want to draw near to Him. But think for a second, um, you know, His frustration here, He saw injustice, did He not? It seems not just to have these people that are doing everything opposite to what God has told us to do, and it seems like they're thriving. Now, what happens in our heart when that happens? What's happening? It's pride, right? It's pride. And we start, we start to glance over to, to that truth and to them, and where do our eyes go? Where does our focus go? What are we, this is key, what are we starting to make our refuge? Is it God in that moment when we're focused on everybody else? You ever hear this, any parents deal with this at home? And you'll ask a child to do something and then they, they say, well, so-and-so isn't doing that. Ever happen at your home? Occasionally it happens at our home on a daily basis. Does that happen to parents too? Maybe there's somebody at work and you're like, the lion dog. I mean, and they're getting promoted. And I know they're an angry person and they treat everybody terribly. And then why are they getting a raise? And, and I've been over here working really hard and I'm not, and see, we're not focused on our humility. We're not focused on the Lord providing and, and uh, kind of like to go with this here, I'll, I'll skip down to verse 28 for a second, but it's good for me to be near God in this middle part. I have made the Lord God my, my what? R word there. Refuge, refuge, refuge. There's another passage that I want you to turn to. Turn to, um, turn to Hebrews 11. Six. Hebrews eleven six. 
got on my notes, but I'm not really following my notes. I wrote them all out, and then I decided I was just going just gonna to talk to you instead of, of read it all there. But um, basically says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For ho- whoever comes to God must believe that he exists and that he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Diligently seek him. He's the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. What does it take to diligently seek the Lord? First of all, we must believe that He exists. And I've said this many times before, I think a lot of our problems when we find ourselves in sin, we're not even recognizing that God exists in in a lot of ways. Like we're just, He's not a refuge. He's, He's not on our minds. We're putting more faith into something else than into our Christ. And that was what was happening in this passage. His eyes were going from God to the unrighteous, and he was saying, it's not fair. And the moment we do that, we've lost. We've got to keep our eyes on Christ. We've got to draw close to Him. Make Him our refuge. And I'll add to this throughout, but we've got to tell others. We've got to be proclaiming it. It's not good enough to keep it all in. It's like the Dead Sea. All the water goes in and nothing comes out. And what happens? It's dead. It's a really fascinating place, but that can happen with us as well. But if we're proclaiming it, it's good for me to be here and to tell you about these things because my eyes turn to Christ in the study of it. Pastor Matt would probably say that. He gets more out of the message during the week than you probably get on Sunday because he's in there and he's reading it. And he's meditating on it. And that's really why I picked this. It's probably not it's the first time I've ever preached this message. I just, he asked me to preach. I thought, I just, I've been thinking about Psalm 73. I just want to talk about it. And I would encourage you to do the same. Let's go back to this passage again. Verse 14, and we'll continue down. Psalm 73, verse 14. For all the day long, I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. If I had said I will speak thus, I would have betrayed a generation of your children. See the consequences? But, he says in verse 16, this is the exciting part, I thought about how to understand this, and it seemed a wearisome task. When we're weary, we're probably doing something wrong. We're meant to be healthy. This leads to a lot of mental illness when we set our eyes on things below and not things above. Until I went into the sanctuary of God. Think about that. Now, are you physically going to go into the sanctuary of God? I would suggest this. It's like coming to church is not enough. Like you can just come in here and be like, done. Done. That's all I needed for the week. You know, come in some afternoon, walk around a little bit, and leave. Hey, Pastor Matt, I'm just here to fill up, you know, just, just wanted to walk around sanctuary a little bit. I'm good. No, it's different, right? What do we have? We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit with us. Now, we come here to worship and proclaim and draw close to Christ as we study His Word and praise Him and fellowship with other people, which is 
so important. We've got to give it away. We've got to encourage other people. He says, he went to the sanctuary of God, and then I discerned their end. Truly, you set them in a slippery place, and you make all of them fall to ruin. How are they destroyed in a moment? What do we know is going to happen to the unrighteous? If we're not saved, what is going to happen? What is at stake here? Eternity. That's what we're messing with here. It's like, well, I don't know about God. The world doesn't believe in God. And there's all these, if you listen to the scientists, they're not so sure. I don't know. I mean, I'll take it or leave it. Some days I need it. Some days I don't. That's not making the Lord your refuge. And what's at stake? Eternity's at stake. Eternal ruin is at stake. Nevertheless, in verse 23, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. Who holds your right hand? As you head into this next week and year, who's going to hold your hand? Who do you want to hold your hand? Is it Christ or are your eyes focused on others, on, on earth, maybe on your health? We can make a refuge out of all kinds of things. It's called idolatry. But we're not supposed to cling to this. You think about Paul. He's like, I'm not afraid to die. Are anybody afraid to die here? You shouldn't be. I mean, there's a healthy, you know, wanting to glorify God with the bodies that he gives us. But we should not hold on to this earth. And if we are consumed by fear over our health, then there again, we have focused on the wrong thing. Because Paul said, no, no, no. I can glorify him here. I can glorify him there. Just whatever you want me to do, let me know. I'll go, I'll go after it. And so go into that year, this year, with that same, like, you can't keep that kind of person down. They've got such an eternal focus. They've made the Lord their refuge. Anybody watched Lord of the Rings? Our friends last night, they're kind of, it's Christmas time, it's a winter kind of movie, and they're, you know, and so we were watching um, a part of the series there, and, and they said that this building was going to be their keep. And I thought that's another word we could use. This is our keep. This is our safe spot. This is our refuge. And so mentally, when it gets hard, where do we run? For a moment, Asaph ran the other way, and he knew it, and he's talking about it. And I don't know about you, but it's not exciting, but kind of encouraging to read the scriptures and to see someone who was a worship leader, who wrote part of the scriptures, struggle like we struggle some couple thousand years later, right? Anybody struggle? We all struggle. We'll be there real quick. And he struggled. But then he turned his focus and made it not those that were ungodly around him or his health or his co-workers or his riches or his car. I was playing golf with someone and I like bumped their golf clubs and it was like the end of the world. And I was like, I think, and we were headed to a church conference. I was like, Seems like something's out of whack there. But we could all be, maybe for me, that's cameras. Like, don't touch my drone. You might break it. We just, we can make idols out of all kinds of stuff real quick. Seventy-three, verse 
look, look at it with me. Maybe underline some things. I, I think there's some good stuff. There is some good stuff here. Nevertheless, I'm continually with you. You hold my right hand. You, ga- you guide me with your counsel. That sounds familiar to that part in John, John Owen was talking about with, with the guiding there of the Holy Spirit that he does because that's what happens. He guides us into all truth. You guide me with your counsel and afterwards you will receive me to where? Glory. That's what we talked about. Glory's at stake. Eternity's at stake. Whom have I in heaven but you? Now that recognizes that God is, is in heaven, that he made the heavens, and he will one day bring us to him. Without faith, is it impossible to please God? You must believe that he exists, and he's the rewarder of those that diligently seek him. So if you, you've got to start with believing in God. And you might confront those things in your own heart to say, do I really believe, like, like I'll stake my life on it, that, that God exists and that He's real. And He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. See, we should be excited about the rewards that are offered. And if you read the Scriptures, just start underlining the rewards of those that diligently seek and he was losing sight of the rewards here in this passage he was seeing like everybody else is getting a reward and i'm not getting a reward until he turned his eyes back to christ he's like no no no, wait a minute you guide me with your counsel you will receive me into glory what's a better reward than being received into glory we should be excited to go there whenever he calls us home at any age and not terribly sad when someone goes there earlier than we might have thought they should. We are at least celebrating that they are with Christ in glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing, underline this, there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. What is he confronting? He's confronting the fact that he did desire all those things. Why does he care about those things that are in that other passage about like um you know fatness and and pride um and and prior riches like those are the things that he's coveting he wants those things he wants those things now and we get that way we want it all now but it's not about now it's about whenever god gives it to us and he'll he'll give he'll bless us on earth but that's not why we follow him. We, we follow him for his blessings, which might be here, it might be there. But we know that he will take care of us. We know that he will reward us. We just don't know how that will be done, and that doesn't matter. There's nothing. I think, this, I think, he's, claim, I think he's claiming this. Like he's, he's praying this. Because he's struggling with it. Because we could read this and be like, well... I. I, uh, there's, there's things on earth I desire more than, than God. So, man, I just, I can't win. I can't be like this. No, no, no. He struggled with that. That's what he talked about. He's, he's writing this down. Like, this is what he's committed to. My flesh and my heart may fail, right? It's going to fail. It seems to fail faster and faster the older I get. But God is my strength of my heart and my portion forever. He's our portion. 
Are you going to let God be your portion this year? Are you going to rest in Him? Are you going to make Him your refuge? For behold, there's a little warning here. For behold, those who are far from Him shall perish. And not only perish here, but they'll perish for eternity. You put an end to everyone who is unfaithful to you. And this is the verse that, that really first caught my attention. And I, I wrote in here, and I have no idea why I wrote in here, life verse. And I thought about that. I don't know if this is my life verse. This is like a serious thing. And 43, 40, well, not 43, yeah, but 42. Um, try to speed it along. I feel like this whole next year thing kind of throws it off. Um, I saw one of those memes on Instagram where somebody said 2024. That was, you know, and they're just like, you, can't, you know, can't believe that. You know, it's so fast. It goes so fast. But, uh, but I wrote down life verse. And, and let me read it. Verse 28. But for me, it is good to be near God. And I thought about that. Well, that's, hmm. Can I claim, can I claim that? Can I, that's, a, that's really something to, to strive towards. For me, I say, you know, can I say that? For me, it is good to be near God. And then, I have made the Lord God my refuge. So in times of trouble, that's when you think about your refuge. And when you're struggling, that's a deep word, refuge. Refuge could be lots of other things. Like when you're having a bad day, you, you, know, you want the comforts. You, I like coffee. If anybody knows me, they know I like coffee. That, that, that could become my refuge. Food could become my refuge. Um, running could be my refuge. But in here, Asaph is saying, I have made the Lord God my refuge. And then from that, that I might tell of your works. I re- and the more I'm in ministry, the more I really think this, that I don't think it's enough to hear these things and kind of say we believe them if we're not going to express them to other people. Because you think about you think about the kind of stuff that you share. We love to share things, do we not? Some of you like to share things a little too often on your Facebook, but it illustrates a point that we love to share things. Why? Why do we like to share things? I mean, they build a whole I feel like the internet so it's just about sharing things, you know? Why do we like to share things? Because, because we like to bring joy to others. Which is okay. It's actually part of our commission. But where does true joy come from? So the test is whether, of whether you've made the Lord God your refuge and you're excited about Him is whether when your friend is in trouble... You'll say, let me tell you about my refuge. Let me tell you about the hope that I have in Christ. If, we, if we're not doing that, I, I'm just going to suggest, and I'm not, you can test me on this, but if we're not doing that, I just don't know that we're really making the Lord God our refuge. Because we can't help but share anything. So if we're not sharing this, then I don't think it's penetrating our hearts. Because humans can't keep good things inside. We like to share.
So as we head into this year, um, I want you to just consider where you're at with, with these words. Is, is it good to be near God? Answer that, you know, in your own heart. Pray about that. Have you made the Lord God your refuge? And are you going to, to proclaim him to other people? You know, love God and love other people. Go and make disciples. Tell people about coming here and, and hearing, not just to fill the church or Lance. Maybe they'll go to church some other place. That's not the only place you can hear about God either. But, but it is a place. And so lastly, um, what do we do if we don't feel this way? Right? Because some people are like, man, I just, yeah, that's convicting. Um, I'm a loser. I, I, I make all kinds of things my refuge, and I get angry if people, you know, touch my things and stuff like that. We cry out. We do what Asaph did. We cry out to the Lord and say, dear Lord, I'm far from that. I stumble. I have, I, I explode like the whale. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a hot mess is a common expression, right? But you have a Savior. So you cry out to him and you say, dear Lord, please, please save me. Uh, in, in James, um, bear with me for a second because I have this in my, in my notes here. Um, but I, I, I want to read it for you. Um, if I can, if I can find it, um, James four eight. Turn there lastly, and we'll wrap this up. Otherwise, I'm, my son's going to come get me for preaching too long. <clears throat> draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We're double-minded. We're sinners, but we have a Savior. And so if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And if we don't feel like drawing near to him, all we do is cry out and ask for help. It's really simple. 